0: I'll get in trouble for this I'm certain but and welcome back to another episode of the Saturday 6 podcast we are back for another rendition we're going to talk about week one of the 2023 college football season I am AJ here with my brother Tyler how you living this week my guy
1: hug your loved ones Kiss your significant others goodbye. It's college football season, <laughs> and this is all that we are going to be doing for the next like 16 weeks until the until the new year. So buckle up. It's gonna
0: be a crazy ride. Yeah, we had a preview, a little appetizer, a little teaser last week with the week zero games. We're in a ton of intriguing matchups. Uh, but this week one slate is a lot more loaded see a lot of top 25 teams in action so can't wait to get to that we're going to talk about a top 10 matchup in lsu and florida state later in the episode so make sure you stay tuned for that before we get to all those matchups our saturday six picks want to remind you guys if you are listening we appreciate you thank you so much we, uh, we just get together every week and do this because we enjoy it. But if you are listening, we appreciate you just know that. If you're doing that, go ahead. If you haven't already, give us a follow on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever they're calling it these days, at Saturday Six Pod. Go ahead and turn on your notifications on those podcast platforms. Make sure you give us a rating and a subscribe. We appreciate that very much. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this six games that we picked for this week. Like I said, got some exciting matchups, brother, and can't wait to get to them. So let's start. We got a noon kickoff on Fox. We have the premiere, the debut of Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. They're going to go on the road and face off against the national champion runner-ups, the TCU Horned Frogs. They come into this season ranked Number 17 in the AP top 25. And it's the Horn Frogs, the home team. Big 20 and a half point favorites. Gotta take the Frogs by three touchdowns and three extra points if you're gonna ride with them this week, my guy. So uh how are we feeling just overall about this matchup when you see it on paper? A lot of excitement around what Coach Prime can do and what TCU can do to build on what they did last year.
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple storylines here. I mean, obviously you have Coach Prime's first uh, game in Colorado, and we've talked at Nauseam about all the transfers that they've gotten, uh, Travis Hunter, Shadir Sanders, uh, those types of guys. And then on the flip side, you have a little bit of a story here with TCU. I mean, they lose probably their most influential players from last year, Quentin Johnson probably being the biggest one of that. He's now playing for the L.A. Chargers in the NFL. So it would be very interesting to see how they're able to reload on that roster and try to make another run at it. Yeah, this TCU team a year ago they were always counted out and always towards <laughs> seeming the the second half of the of the games that they play they would always pull something out. I just I'm gonna double down on this man I think Colorado is small they're very undersized um and from what I've seen I'm just not super impressed yet with their offense they got a chance to prove me wrong and they got a chance to wow me for sure but I think that there's going to be some big hiccups in this game for a Colorado team that doesn't necessarily have an identity yet at least not that anybody has seen so far um and we know what this TCU team is capable of we know know that they like to spread the ball around and, and really stretch the field out with their wide receivers and quarterback play. So uh, I, I think i got to take the Horned Frogs on this one. Hypno Toad is back, and yeah. I'll take them by three touchdowns.
0: Yeah, it's a big spread, and like you said, you know, a, a lot of turnover for both of these programs, a lot of transfers coming into both of these programs. We've already touched on Colorado and how much movement they've had in and out of that program already talking about a team that was one in 11 last year two and ten against the spread so they're not even covering spreads and they have one count it one winning season as a program in the last 17 years now do i believe in Deion sanders do i think he can get it done in the long term i do but even sure. with all that transferred talent it's just going to be a hard turnaround And it's definitely not an easy way to kind of start that turnaround facing off against that TCU team that was so good last year. Like you said, you touched on it. TCU replacing a lot as well. You touched on the receiver on the outside, also replacing that great back and Kendra Miller. He's now with the Saints. You got to replace Max Duggan, who was your Heisman finalist. He's also with the Chargers. We were so high on this Max Duggan kid all year, deservedly so. But if you remember... It wasn't Max Duggan that started the season for the Horned Frogs last year. Game one, it was Chandler Morris. He was the one that won the starting job in fall camp, and he actually injured his knee last year in this game against Colorado week one. And that's when Duggan came in and took over and really just never looked back. And the TCU story is what it is. So um, really interested in Chandler Morris. He's dynamic. He can use his legs like Duggan. He's got a really accurate arm. So I'm interested in watching him. Lost a lot of production. But like I said, a lot of transfers as well. They go out and get Alabama running back Trey Sanders, Jojo Earl, a lot of other SEC, big, you know, uh, power five program transfers in there. This one's going to be a good one just because there's a lot of intrigue around both programs. But I don't know, it's tough. There's weapons on this Colorado offense. You talk about uh, Shadur Sanders, what he was able to do at Jackson State was impressive. But this is a step up in weight class now. So we've got to be able to see him prove it against the Power Five programs. They get Cavassier smoke, the transfer from Kentucky one of the best names in college football. I mean, can you give him that at least he's, he's a damn good running back, but Cavassier, smoke, uh, awesome last name, but I don't know that it's enough to get it done. Those DBs for TCU are really good. Josh Newton and company, uh, call them a check plus. So I'm on the same side. I, I'm rolling horn frogs. I think 20 and a half is not quite enough. I think they flex a little bit here in week one and, and Dion's got some stuff to work on moving forward throughout the season.
1: At the end of the day, it's a PAC 12 defense and the bottom of the Pac-12 at that. That should say something.
0: This is true. That's a good point. Moving on, let's head out to the West Coast. Got an interesting matchup here, a couple of really good programs over the last 20 years. Talking about the Boise State Broncos going on the road to face off against a Pac-12 foe, the number 10 team in the country, the Washington Huskies. And it's those Huskies that are favored by 14 and a half right now on DraftKings, depending on when you find that line. 330 kickoff on ABC. Should be good, man. Both these teams are really talented. A lot of expectations for that Washington program. Second year under Kalen DeBoer. Went 11 and 2 last year. Played some really good ball. But this Boise State team was really good as well.
1: Yeah, this Boise State team is incredible. Went 10-4 and last year, undefeated in their conference. Uh, They're now back-to-back conference champions. Um, I think if you want to give a recipe for an upset for Boise State, you got to keep with your run game. I mean, that's the identity of their football team, the the identity of their offense. They are a very solid run-first football team, and I think that that can help you in the aspect of Washington is known to be an air raid team. They got quarterback Michael Penix Jr. coming back. Um, this guy's freaking electric. We can talk all day about him. You know, he'll be in the Heisman conversation at least to start the season. Uh, we touched on him in the ESPN Top 100 podcast, if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, so time of possession is a big thing here, right? And when you're running the ball, no more clock stopping on first downs. I think Boise State has a chance to really control the clock and keep that electric Washington offense off the field, which is what they're going to have to do if they're looking to win this game. Um, But this Washington team, man, they are electric, and they can score points at will. We saw that time and time again last year. I don't expect any kind of regression in their offensive capabilities. Uh, So I think Washington can pull this one off.
0: Yeah, it's tough for me. I, You touched on a lot of it. Boise State is going to try to run the ball. George Holani the running back and quarterback, Taylor Green, who is about as dual threat as you can get, they're going to try to establish the run, try to keep Michael Penix on the sideline for as long as they can. Because like you said, that's the recipe, I think. If Washington's scoring 40, 50 points in this game, it's going to be really tough, um, even for a talented Boise State offense. But At the same time, this Boise State defense is actually pretty good, specifically their pass defense, which is exactly what you need against Michael Penix Jr. and company. Pass defense was ranked fourth last year in the country, fourth in yards allowed per game. So I think they have an opportunity um, to potentially slow them down at some times. And if you're keeping them off the field, that could definitely limit the scoring. I still do think it's a high-scoring game. We've mentioned Penix a few times, but he's got weapons too. You Talk about Rome Odunze, I think that's how you say it. He's probably going to be a really high pick in the NFL draft. Jalen McMillan as well, really good guy. And then Washington's got a pretty pretty good defense as well. Allowed 25 points per game last year, and they're returning eight starters out of 11. So electric offenses, there will be points in this game. I think it's going to come down to which defense can get one or two timely stops in order to pull it out. Because I think Boise State is able to establish the run game a little bit. I'm still taking Washington to win. I think I'm running Broncos to cover that spread, though. I think they're going to keep it a little bit closer than 14 and a half. I could see this being a 10-point game, maybe even a 13-point game. Still a cover. So uh, I'm going to ride with yeah. the Broncos here. I'm, I think Washington wins this game, but I'm going to put Boise State in the graphic. I can definitely respect that. I think if the spread was any higher it would give me
1: a little bit more uh, pause and cause for concern there. But at 14 and a half, I think the Huskies have a chance at this.
0: Yeah, and they're at home too. It's a a tough place to play, but not too big of a road trip there for the Broncos. So um, I think they can maybe keep that one close. Let's go back to the East Coast now. We have a very intriguing matchup with not perennial rivals, But geographic rivals, I guess. We've got the Carolinas going at it. Battle of the Carolinas here. Number 21 ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. They're going to meet up with the South Carolina Gamecocks in Charlotte. This is a neutral site game here. And it's the Tar Heels that are favored by just two and a half. So really close, really tight spread here. 7.30 kickoff Saturday on ABC. Should be really good, man. We got two really good quarterbacks going at it here. And two really mid-defenses should be a lot of points on Saturday.
1: Yeah, you touched on it, mean, This is the story of the quarterback battle, I think. uh, For South Carolina, you got Spencer Rattler, who has had some up and downs. Uh, He was replaced by Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, transfers to South Carolina. Doesn't have a great season, but – I think we saw some really good flashes of him last year. I mean, let's talk about that Tennessee South Turn Carolina on that game Tennessee last tape. year. I yeah. mean, you know, 6 touchdowns against Tennessee. It's it's incredible.
0: And hey, I think that's some flashes. The Vols are punching the air right now. If you're a Vol <laughs> listening, I'm so sorry, but I, I I that was I mean, what did we say in the last podcast? A third of his touchdowns on the season in that one game. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that, you know, another year in the program can only help him. Uh, but on the other side, UNC, I mean, they've got Drake May. We've spoken at nauseam about him, too. he's was listed at number five on ESPN's top 100 list. I mean, this guy is a chance to be a, a real Heisman contender. He's, you know, had offers from bigger schools, and he can get it done. I think – what can these two mid-tier defenses do is going to be really important, and uh, I think the weapons around them are going to are going to be a huge factor in this.
0: Right. Yeah, you talk about weapons around them. You know, Drake May, electric quarterback. If it wasn't for Caleb Williams, he would be the talk of college football going into this season. He's uh, rightfully so the number two quarterback in the country by most experts. But he does lose his top two weapons from last year. You're talking about Josh Downs and Antoine Green. So going to have to replace some production. But he's proven he can do it on his own, too. He he led the team in rushing last year. 700 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns as well, to match what he's able to do on the through the air. I mean... Incredible guys guys unstoppable. So it's going to be tough, though. Like you said, like I said, a lot of points going to be scored here talking about the number one hundred and fourteenth in opponents yards per play last year. That North Carolina defense is just hot garbage. They're awful. So I think Spencer Rattler will have success. Can that South Carolina defense get some stops against this North Carolina team? They lost Jordan Birch. The, he transferred to Oregon. But that secondary is actually pretty good. That's probably the strength of this defense right now. So can they make some plays? Can they deflect some balls? Can they, you know, get a hold of these less experienced wide receivers for North Carolina and limit them a little bit? I'm rolling Gamecocks straight up, baby. I'm I'm taking oh, South Cackalacky. I'm taking Shane Beamer, Beamer ball, baby. I think they get a big win here, man. I really do. I've been feeling this one for a
1: while. I hate it for the graphic because we're going to agree once again, but I think that they can win this game outright. I think that they have what it takes. I think that their defense is considerably better than UNC's, although still not great. Um, And South Carolina's defensive line is something to really look out for. I think that they – do still have a solid squad even with the losses that they endured over the off season. So,
0: uh, yeah, give me the cocks. Ooh, man, that graphic <laughs> right now, dude, the game cocks guys, the game cocks. Wow. Wow. Both on the side of the game cocks. I like it. I like it. I, I, th- I thought I, I thought I had you not picking a favorite here. I, I yeah, thought I had switch, you, a but... little switcheroo there. Nope. That's two t- and a half points. So,
1: I mean, we said it so many times last year. You know, when, when you see these two and a half point spreads or less, Vegas knows something, right? I mean, they're onto something, and you got to look at those closely and really contemplate them.
0: Moving on, we've got a a potentially good matchup here. Now, on paper, you look at this and you're like, I don't know. You got the West Virginia Mountaineers headed on the road to the number seven ranked. Penn State, Nittany Lions coming off a great season last year. And there's even more excitement about them this year because this is a young roster. They were young last year. The majority of their best players are sophomores this year. They are big favorites at home 20 and a half points. Got to take them to win by three touchdowns and three extra points. 7 30 night kickoff, NBC. I think this one could be a sneaky good one. For some reason, I feel like you think Penn State's running away with this one. Make your case. For West Virginia, man, head coach Neil
1: Brown, he's just kind of got a crap sandwich right there uh, <laughs> going on in West Virginia right now. You ain't I mean, wrong. You there, ain't wrong. There's, just, there's just not a lot of bright spots on this roster. I haven't seen him get it done in quite some time. There's nothing that sticks out out to me on paper that, that you know as a shining star in, or a diamond in the rough here and on the other hand you touched on it Penn State it's 11 and 2 last year which is pretty darn good considering you have Ohio State and Michigan in your division so yeah. they need this win they Penn State could probably only get away with one loss this year if they want to win that division which everyone knows if you win that division you win the the conference and they've got 16 returning starters. I mean, you said it. The bulk of this team uh, is, is coming back for them, and they're only getting better. They're they're only progressing in their development here. So I think it's such a very strong team. But these are week one games, man. What do you know that you have that's 21 points better than anybody right now? I mean, this isn't Georgia taking on you know UT Martin here where it's a a cupcake game. This is still a power five opponent in week one where, you know, your guys have only played against people with the same color jersey on for all of fall camp. So it kind of has me teetering on that line of, you know, can Penn State's offense be productive enough? I I got faith in their defense to almost shut West Virginia out. Yeah. If not only let up, you know, max 10 points, but can Penn State's offense – be enough to score them 31 is where, you know, I kind of have the issue there. Right. So I think I'm going to take the Mountaineers. I think this is just kind of like a slowly developing game. I see it being relatively low scoring. So if West Virginia is able to get on the board, I think it keeps it just inside of that 20 and a half point spread.
0: You dog. How are you going to take both of my, both of my underdog picks, man? Come on. I I think I'm so I think I'm feeling the same side as you, bro. It's gonna be a quicker game. West Virginia is gonna wanna establish the run. C.J. Donaldson is their best player on offense. We've talked about those running backs for Penn State. We touched on them in the top 100. Both of them are in there. They're sophomores, Singleton and Allen. And then we haven't even mentioned his name. Drew Aller has been one of the biggest storylines in college football this year. People think he is going to take a huge step forward, replacing seventh, eighth year Sean Clifford. He's obviously an upgrade over Sean Clifford. So I don't know. I Left tackle Olu Fashanu, one of the best offensive lines in the Big Ten. He's going to be a top ten pick more than likely. They get Dante Cephas, a big transfer from Kent State that a lot, a lot of programs really wanted in this offseason. And you touched on that defense, absolutely loaded. 18 points per game that they allowed last season. D-line is good. Linebackers are good. DBs are good. Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter, Kalen King, they were all three in the top 100 of that ESPN uh, ranking that we went over a few episodes ago. This is a loaded roster, a loaded roster. But at the same time, like I said, it's going to be a quick game. West Virginia's offensive line projects to be – top three in the big 12. That's probably one of the bright spots for them. If this, if this is a game where West Virginia can hang in there, even if they don't win, I think Neil Brown has got a chance to survive this season. Just maybe they can build some momentum and they can win some games. But if this is a blowout, Neil Brown may be the first coach fired this, this season. I mean, it it may take four or five weeks uh, because he's right there teetering on the line. Part of me part of me makes part of me wants to feel like the team is gonna play for him if they want to. So yeah, I uh, I'm pissed that you stole my pick because I'm also gonna take West Virginia to keep it within that 20 and a half. I think this could still be a 20-point win by Penn State. This could be a 17-point win by Penn State to where it feels comfortable the whole time. You're never really in doubt, but West Virginia does cover. Penn State straight up, West Virginia plus the 20 and a half. I'll take them with the points. All right, let's head to the most anticipated preseason matchup of the offseason. We have two top ten teams going at it. This one is Sunday night, 7.30. Most of you got work off on Monday, so it's okay. You can stay up late and catch all of this one. Going down on ABC, number five LSU, number eight Florida State, Going down in Orlando, a little neutral site here. And it's the Tigers favored by two and a half, another really tight spread here. Man, I can't wait for this one. This is probably one of my favorite matchups that I've looked forward to from the preseason, not just week one, but in general for the college football season. Both really good programs with really, really high expectations going into this season.
1: Yeah, this is a game that we've all been looking forward to all off season since the schedules came out. I mean, you've got two historically good teams. The pageantry between the two is uh, amazing. And, again, we have two pretty good quarterbacks going up against each other. LSU is going to trot out Jaden Daniels, who led them to an SEC championship appearance a year ago. And for Florida State, you got Jordan Travis, who, once again, we've been talking about this guy. This guy is something special and We talked about the weapons that he has. We've talked about the people on defense. Um, It's just, I mean, there are, this is a star studded lineup on both sides, is it not? Um, Yeah. I think, I think a couple key things that uh, we got to keep in mind. And LSU has a couple suspended players for this game that are going to affect the way that that they play this game. They've got Mason Smith on the defensive line line he's been suspended just for this game it's just week one uh and that goes the same for running back john emory jr who will also not be playing for the tigers um those are two guys especially mason smith that you know could make a tremendous impact on the field for the rest of the season um but it's gonna give jordan travis a little bit more time in that pocket and a little bit less pressure and i think the Knowles can pull this one out man i I've got Florida State going to the playoffs this year. Spoiler alert, I don't know if we're going to do a podcast on it or touch on it, but I got the Noles going to the playoffs, man. I think they win the ACC this year, and I think it starts with a big statement win. It's a little bit less of a trip for them going from Tallahassee to Orlando as opposed to uh, Baton Rouge going to Orlando. Um, So I think it's going to be a really good game. Hopefully – everybody on that FSU team is safe right now with this hurricane coming through so they can play some damn good football on Saturday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, see, this is the thing. Both of these teams could lose this game and still make the playoff, but whichever one of these teams win this game has just so much of a bigger leap in that direction that it's, that it's just huge. It's huge for both of them. Jane Daniels, 100%. you touch, you touched on him. He's got to be better than he was in this game last year. Now that was that was his first start for LSU. It was the first game for for C- Coach Kelly. So we saw him improve over the over the course of the season. I expect him to be better, but he has to be. Their offensive line is probably one of the best in the country, if not the best. The question mark on that offense has got to be the running backs with Emory Junior out. Who's able to establish a run game for them? We know that Daniels can do it, but can he hand the ball off and have them pick up first downs for him in those, you know, third and shorts where you kind of got to have it? The defense is really solid. You touch Mason Smith's going to be out, but they still got that boy, Harold Perkins. Dog, that man is nice. That man is nice. I mean, top 10 player in the country, no doubt. The secondary is probably the question mark on defense for LSU. So can Jordan Travis and those and those weapons kind of take advantage of it? I think that's where this game sort of comes down to. Travis is a really good quarterback. He's a check plus guy. He's got weapons now. Keon Coleman, we touched on him coming over from Michigan State. Johnny Wilson, the seven foot eight guy on the outside, Are they gonna throw him a jump ball or two if they get down into the red zone. Offensive line is experienced. I think this is a team that could put up 40 points per game this year. I think it's very capable. The defense was good last year, and they returned nine starters. Nine starters. And they allowed 20 points per game last year. And one of those starters is a man by the name of Jared Verse. Could have been a top 10 pick last year. Top 10 pick, and he said, nah, let's run it back. So I think it's going to be a really good game, man. I still think that the talent edge is with LSU. Florida State is a really talented team, but as far as those blue chips go, those four and five stars, they're still kind of hovering around that 50% mark where you see LSU is closer to 70. So I think for that reason, the quarterback matchup, I think it's about even. But I think the overall roster talent is leading me to take LSU in this game. I'm going to take them to cover that two and a half. I still think it's a really good game, just like it was last year. But I think a field goal win is is possible for the Tigers. I'm going to roll with the Tigers. Finally, something to put on the graphic. Switching it up, baby. (laughs) All right, let's touch on a couple more ACC teams to wrap up this six. We have number nine, Clemson. They're going to go on the road and face off against a Duke Blue Devil team that was much improved last year, but it's the Tigers, 13-point favorites. Monday, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Going to get to see Cade Klubnick in his first full season as the Tigers' starting quarterback. Can he lead them to a 14-point victory in the season opener? Cade Klubnick's that
1: guy. I mean, he was extremely impressive a year ago when we did get to see him. I was calling for him to start every game for Clemson last year, but it comes a little bit later in the season that he gets to. I think a full offseason, knowing that he's the guy, is going to do wonders for him. Clemson's got a new offensive coordinator and Garrett Riley, the brother of head coach Lincoln Riley over there at USC. Um, We've seen what he can do with offenses. We've seen him, you know, put up big numbers, uh, very high scoring offenses. Uh, I think if you're going to give a recipe for success for Duke, and I'm going to be honest, this game outlook is very bleak for the Duke Blue Devils, in my opinion. You got to make big plays out out the gate man you got to get to some three and out situations you've got to have big chunk plays take care of the ball all that basic stuff that wins you every game Win, take care of the ball win win the turnover battle but you've got to have those big chunk plays and you've got to keep that Clemson defense on its heels all night or this game can get very out of hand quickly I still think it does Clemson always travels very well it's not super far for them their fans will travel very well Um, give me the tigers you'll take the lsu tigers i'll take them clemson tigers
0: i like it yeah no i'm leaning the same direction you touched on club on the other side though that duke quarterback nobody knows his name they're about to find out they're about to mess around and find out because this riley leonard cat is the real deal i think they're gonna have another successful season there in durham north carolina they do have to replace a 1,200-yard rusher and Mateo Durant. So can somebody step up and take some of the pressure off of Leonard? Because he's going to need it. This Clemson defense, they weren't they weren't Clemson defense last year. But this year, they're going to return to form. That defensive line is probably the shakiest part. But the DBs and the linebackers are deep. You talk about top 100 guys, Jeremiah Trotter, Barrett Carter at linebacker, the safeties, Makuba and Mickens. I mean, that that defense, especially the back half of it is absolutely loaded. So I think they're going to make life pretty tough for Mr. Leonard. And on the other side, Will Shipley. I mean, one of the best running backs in the ACC. I think he'll have a big day for Clemson in this game. I think they're upset with the way things have gone the last two seasons. Now, granted, they've won 10 plus games, but The standard is set higher now in Clemson. Dabo has got this team to where if we're not making the playoff every year, we're falling short of most of our goals. So ACC championships, even though you've got nine out of the last ten or whatever, it's just ridiculous at this point. It's just not enough, right? So I think Clemson's got a chip on their shoulder. I think 13's not quite enough. I think this could definitely be a two-touchdown-plus win for the Tigers. We're going to be on the same side for this one as well. I like Clemson. Riley Leonard is a dangerous man. I mean, that is one bad dude for sure. Uh, And he's going to do some big things for the Duke Blue Devils this year. Absolutely. That was it, man. That was six picks. We'll throw a graphic up and uh, can't wait to watch some of these games. Should be a really interesting week one of college football. Lots of good ones. So make sure you got the dual screens rotating through and, and checking in on all of these games when you get the chance. So um, it was fun, man. Any, any final thoughts from you? That's it. Hit us up on social media. Give us a follow at Saturday Six Pod. Like the podcast. Share it with a friend. Until next time. Until next time for my brother, Tyler. This was AJ. And this was another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. Peace.
1: Yeah.